shorter episode this week because, as you can tell, I am under the weather. At first, I wasn't going to do an episode at all, but uh, this Sunday night, I've felt a bit better, so I've decided I'm going to do a short episode and just tell one story, and then next week, hopefully, I can do a Halloween finale. That being said, we're not going to do any intro music or anything like that. We're going to go straight into it. So this week, the one story that we're going to talk about is the Hex House of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our setting for this episode is Tulsa in the 1940s. And if you've listened to anything I've talked about um, when we do episodes on Tulsa, Tulsa, especially in the early 20th century, was a gorgeous place, very wealthy because of all the oil money, and it was considered to be one of the most beautiful cities in the world. At this time, Greenville had been, excuse me, Greenwood had begun to be rebuilt as the oil money was still good and there was uh, lots of construction going on. And a lot of the upper middle class to upper class people were still getting by on oil money. So in that world steps Carol Ann Smith. Subsequent newspaper reports will call Carol Ann Smith the she Svengali. What is Svengali? Well, Svengali was a character from the novel Trilby, Trilby, authored by Georges de Maurier, the Frenchman. And de Maurier was a very, very famous writer from the 19th century, uh, came from a super prodigious family, and I'm not even going to try to explain the, the extent to the fame of the de Mauriers, but I do recommend you look them up because it's a pretty fun rabbit hole to go down. But Svengali in the book was a seducer. It's what he was most known for. He would seduce the main character and so that became kind of an archetype kind of uh maybe a more negative connotation on casanova so the real life svengali or the real life hexer or a real life witch if you will was caroline smith the older wealthier woman in tulsa who lived in a nice ivy covered red brick red brick duplex and by all means was a respectable well-to-do widow in 1940s tulsa and as you might have guessed, life in 1940s Tulsa, especially early 1940s Tulsa, was dominated by World War II, and there was a strict rationing of goods as there was in all over the United States. So at this time, people were issued a ration book, which controlled how much of certain you know food perishables they could buy and where. And ration fraud was a major problem, and the government was keen on preventing it, because obviously, if there's a bunch of ration fraud, then the food stores are messed up, and we don't know how much supplies we can get to our troops overseas. So this is something that they really, really, really want to break down. So Lee Elementary School, which is now Council Oak Elementary School, distributed the books, and the kids were actually involved in the ration book process. And one of these kids, or a couple of these kids, were actually aware of Mrs. Smith's ration books. And they finally reported to someone that Mrs. Smith had more ration books than she probably should have had. Not only was Carol Ann Smith using ration books for several people, but she had a ration book for someone named Bonnie, who she claimed as a dependent, who turned out to be her dog, Bon Bon. So when the authorities first showed up to her home, they found the trappings of what any well-to-do widow would have. She had a $200, $250 silverware set a Packard car, 46 pairs of shoes, 18 pairs of gloves, 26 hats, and enough makeup to fill a department store. Smith afforded this lifestyle by taking on insurance policies on loved ones who had recently passed, including her maid and her husband, who died by shooting himself in the head. What the police didn't expect to find, though, were the two women, Virginia Evans, who was 31 years old, and Willetta Horner, who was 30 years old, living in Smith's basement, and apparently they had been living there for seven years. 
while these two young women had been living there, they had been sleeping on orange crates in the basement and turning over all of their money to Mrs. Smith. Further, Smith had convinced Virginia Evans's father that Smith, that excuse me, Evans was actually gravely ill, and that Smith was taking care of her, and had swindled Mr. Smith. Well, excuse me, sorry, I got the name wrong again. Mr. Evans out of seventeen thousand dollars in nineteen forties dollars. After both the girls had been freed and returned to their families, they claimed that they had been hexed and mesmerized by Smith, inducing that she was a witch. Adding to the rumors that Smith was a witch were the supposed findings of occult books and spell books in her library. The strangest accusation, and the one that actually turned out to be true, was that Smith was performing certain strange midnight burials that apparently were seen by her neighbors, and multiple of her neighbors reported on this, which was speculation until the authorities actually dug up the bodies of dogs, including her beloved Bonbon, who she was using to get uh, her rations from, in her yard. So Smith was burying dogs in the middle of the night. Not sure if she killed these dogs or if they just died, but anyway, it was a strange, weirdly probably a cultish practice. Wildly enough, Smith was eventually tried and convicted for suborning perjury with the uh, girls living in her basement, defrauding Evans's father, and committing fraud with the rationing books. And Smith actually only ended up serving a year worth of time in prison, which is kind of crazy considering the amount of things that she was caught doing. But after Smith got out of prison, we really don't know much about her. We don't know where she moved. We don't know where she died. We know she did not move back into the Hex House, which remained until about 1975, which, well, what happens to all pretty buildings in Oklahoma, it got turned into a parking lot and then finally an apartment complex, which before it was torn down, I guess, became a fun little place people could go to near Halloween and see where the witch lived. Now, yesterday when I was sick, I watched, uh, what's it called? I watched Hocus Pocus, which, you know, the fun little uh, family Halloween drama about, you know, some kids who wake up some old dead witches. And I couldn't help think about the kind of weird similarities between, you know, a witch's house out in the middle of nowhere and a witch's house in the middle of Tulsa. Not saying Tulsa's the middle of nowhere. That's not what I'm saying. But it's kind of our fun little own version of Hocus Pocus. But our story also had a happy ending. The girls were freed uh, and it seems like justice was done. And with that... Uh, this is going to end our episode for today. I'm going to make a great effort to recover my senses and my voice so I can put in the opportunity to put in a full episode for next week, and that'll be our last Halloween episode, and that should include our story about the Skirvin, so I'm looking forward to that. And as always, I'm Will Milam. This is the America of America podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you later.